on this 4th of July episode of Cult Cinema Cavalcade, we'll be discussing the 1985 canon action classic, American Ninja, starring Michael Dudikoff. Another episode of Cult Cinema Cavalcade. I'm Brandon, and as always with me is your Roman Candled co-hoster, Cullen. I'm gonna blow something up. Three times. Cult Cinema Cavalcade is a bi-weekly movie podcast that finds Cullen and myself discussing a film from cinema's past considered, but not limited, to being a cult classic. As a disclaimer, every episode will include plot spoilers and may contain harsh language. Today we're discussing the Canon Films 1985 ninja movie, American Ninja. Cullen, shoot an arrow at this plot, will you? An American soldier, obviously very skilled in martial arts, single-handedly takes on mercenaries in the Philippines. American Ninja is directed by Sam Furstenberg and stars Michael Dudikoff, Steve James, and Judy Aronson. Hey, thanks everybody for coming here for the 24th episode of Cult Cinema Cavalcade. As we said at the top, our episodes drop when, Cullen? Uh, Every two weeks. On Monday. You can learn about us and keep up to date by following us on Twitter. What's that handle? CC Cavalcade. Uh, You can like us on Facebook, and you can email us by writing to... Mail at cultcinemacavalcade.com. And our episodes are on our site, and where else? Uh, they're also on iTunes, where feel free to give us a five-star rating. Let's take a moment here before we get started. Well, happy 4th of July to uh, our fellow U.S. listeners. We're, you know, dropping here right then. But also, I uh, want to talk about uh, our convention appearance that we finally have a spot to talk about that, you know, now that we've done it, uh, the Indie PopCon convention Colin and I partook in. Yeah, it was a great meeting, uh, a lot of people. Hopefully, some of those people are listening, and if they're not, you got some nerve, buddy. You said you're going to, and here you are, not listening to the show. You took a shirt. The ball's on you. You took a shirt. Yeah, we had uh, we had free shirts. Amazingly weird that people don't like to take free shirts. <laughs> there were some people that were just scared of them. Like, oh, I've got too many shirts. Okay, well, sorry. Sorry, sorry you don't yeah. want a wardrobe. You know, uh, we, we met a lot of cool people uh, at our booth and got to talk to people, share our love of these crazy movies, and... Uh, learn about you know other people's podcasts. Uh, I've had a chance to check out some, and then we also performed live, which you I would hope have listened to our Jim Cotta episode. Uh, yeah, the uh, the people that seemed to like it. I don't know if they were being kind, but they seemed to I, <laughs> enjoy it. We started the episode. I was like, let's just do this. At least the people that you know download our podcast will enjoy it and when we finished we got a pretty sizable applause and i 
I was it was kind of humbling. It was like, oh wow, okay, they were maybe paying attention to us. No, it was it was the 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 biggest applause that I saw on that stage. Now, to be fair, I only saw the people before us and ourselves, but it was the biggest applause that I saw. Right. Well, I didn't. You know, I I had heard from the podcast stage. We we hadn't heard like super good vibes uh, about that and the experience, but I think we you and I had a very positive one that or one of the food places just announced that they were giving away free pizza at the same time we were closing our show. I mean, it was pretty good pizza to be fair. I would applaud for that as well. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, thanks to those people who, you know, clapped and cheered at the end. (laughs) That was, uh, that was nice. And hopefully, uh, we can go back maybe other conventions, but we really enjoyed that experience. It was, it was quite good. It was a, something i always wanted to do it was a goal of this podcast and but you're not here to listen to us reminisce you're here uh to talk about michael dudikoff's big action debut american ninja from canon films is is, uh michael dudikoff is he made up of uh spare kevin bacon parts that's what he seems so that's what he looks like i i think he looks like uh actor uh his name's tom matthews do you familiar with him? You have to remind me. He was the one of the the leads in Return of the Living Dead, and he played Tommy Jarvis in uh, Friday the Thirteenth Part Six. Jason. Oh, Lewis. okay. Yeah. That mm-hmm. reminds me of him. Apparently, they were when they cast uh, when they changed the lead for this movie. They were looking for a James Dean type, but one that could kick ass. Yeah, I don't see that at all. I mean, he certainly mm-hmm. he's like James Dean because he doesn't have a lot of dialogue. And he's brooding. All, well, that's not brooding, but he's upset. I mean, I don't know what you would call him in this movie, yeah. but he's I, he's not happy, clearly. I stumbled onto Michael Dudikoff when I was younger. I think it was American Ninja or something, because I just did the VHS store seeing the covers of boxes, thought he was Tom Matthews, and Tom Matthews had been in Return of the Living Dead and you know one of my favorite Friday the 13th movies. So I was like, oh, this guy's in good movies. So check it out. I'm like, wait, I don't think, like on the box, at a glance, it looked like the same guy. It wasn't. It was Dudikoff. And, you know, I, I learned about Michael Dudikoff, who was one of our, he was, you know, action star in the 80s. He, you know, predates like Van Damme and, and you know, Schwarzenegger was just doing Terminator this year in 1985 when this came out. Uh, you know, the the action stars were it was going from Chuck Norris and you know Charles Bronson leaning into the the Stallone, Schwarzenegger, Van Damme, Seagal era, but you know Dudikoff was there too, and he was one of the uh, Canon Films poster childs. But he he got this because it was supposed to be a Chuck Norris movie. They they sold this to distributors and backers with a poster that said Chuck Norris is American Ninja with Chuck Norris on it. And then Chuck Norris found out ninjas wear a mask and said, uh-uh, you ain't covering my face. Maybe uh, Chuck Norris should have read the script because... You know how hot my beard gets under that? <laughs> the uh, the uh, American Ninja does not wear a mask until, like, the last 20 minutes of the movie. Right, yeah, yeah. So everyone knows, like, who he is. It's not, like, a big secret. I don't... I guess uh, we now we know that Chuck Norris is a real diva. Yeah. Well, they said, um, if you've ever seen the Candid Films documentary, that they at one point just had scripts and they would have two piles uh, for each, the, the Chuck piles, I think they called them, and it was one for Chuck Norris, one for Charles Bronson. 
sort of like they'd read the script, <laughs> be like, ah, this is more Bronson. Ah, this is more Norris. This is more because those were their bread and butter with those two guys. Well, I assume that Chuck Norris didn't want to do this movie, not not just because of the mask, but because he couldn't wear denim that was painted on his skin. It's so tight. Yeah. Who knows? But yeah, this movie was actually a pretty uh, pretty big hit back in the day. It's like a surprise hit. Although Dudikoff, I don't think he was a a breakout star, but it got him you know some solid lead roles in action films throughout the eighties. They were all canon films, but I mean, once you got with canon, that's that's who you were working with back then. If you're in a canon movie and it made a profit, you are in more canon movies. Right. They had a, they had a nice little bit of you know actors there that recurred in things and directors that would sign multi-picture deals. American Ninja. Uh, let's dive in. Uh, begins at Fort Sorna, where we just have a whole lot of military trucks and personnel playing hacky sack. Yeah. Yeah. But- until you told. Until I read the description of this episode, I didn't know it was in the Philippines. I thought, like, like what is this, like, in Guatemala or something? Because there's, like, rebels and stuff in it. Like, I had no idea where this was taking place. Well, well and you're like, is that is that forest? Is it jungle? Is it jungle forest? Is it? No, it's not a yeah. jungle. Oh, wait, maybe it's a jungle? Maybe it's, it, it's, like, it's not jungle enough to just call it a jungle and it's not forest and it's a little too exotic to be like f- straight forest it's yeah that think, could have been a real kicker but we, we saw a, a, a palm tree at one point in this movie i'm not familiar with uh, where palm trees are native to next to a redwood no <laughs> <laughs> it could have been who knows uh, so these guys are playing hacky sack and dudikoff sitting there just playing with a knife hanging out by himself johnny cool the guys are like hassling him. What's his problem? I don't know. It's a new guy. He just got here yesterday. Excuse me. Throw me the bag. Then you can go back to sleep, okay? Bitch. We like a little teamwork around here, pal. You know, loners don't go too far in this outfit. We learned that he's been transferred there recently. He's part of this convoy that's leaving to escort the colonel's daughter mm-hmm. on, on the base. And she's played by Judy Aronson, who we talked about Friday the 13th for a second, but she was in Friday the 13th Part 4, the who final she chapter. She was the girl who swam out to the raft and got stabbed from under. Uh, spoilers. Yeah, spoilers. She, my gosh... Has aged amazing. She looks she looks better now than she did in this movie, in her primeful priming youth. I I it's there's an interview with her on on my Blu-ray and it's just like what? <laughs> Crazy. She bathes in stem cells. Uh, she's the daughter and she's her- under the protection of <laughs> Mr. Osmonic from Alf. Yes. The funny thing is, the credits start when the convoy takes off, and there's a close-up shot of Dudikoff driving, and his name comes up on the screen like it's like a TV show opening credits almost. And then then, then they show Judy Aronson, and I'm like, is her name going to pop up? And then it cuts to like a a shot of the car driving, and then her name pops up. I'm like, oh, so close. The whole movie kind of has like a Magnum P.I. kind of feel. Right, yeah, it's... You know, me, 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 not like the characters, but like the way it's shot, the way the action is in the movie, and especially the music. The yeah. music, def- like, it has like, um, like, ste- there's like steel drums in it a lot, and it, it definitely feels well, the theme like, this song, is, like, 
the theme feels like it could be like an opening title theme for a show. Yeah, like like this could be like it could have been the pilot, you know, for for a TV show almost. That's how it feels. I mean, not the ending, but there are certain parts of it where you almost expect the fate of black, and it comes up like next week on American Ninja. Yeah, it's 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 cinematic quality and and uh expertise is like just it's a notch above like the tv thing but man yeah it's it's, it's got that mm-hmm. feel mm-hmm. Uh, the convoy stops at some road construction and it's not really road construction it's an ambush the construction guys all have like uzis and guns and then more of them appear from the grassy hills and they start making the military guys take off their uniforms and there's this guy there's this doofy ass driver who is giving michael dudikoff shit early in the movie and he gets his head smashed through a window during this yeah he's the guy who's escorting the daughter then a goon slaps the daughter and that's just too much for michael dudikoff who goes over and just beats the dude up and during all this confusion she gets in a car drives away into the woods and crashes which isn't just crash she flips over yeah it's the car over not a not an excellent driver like she's just you know pushing that stereotype even harder Bad move, American Ninja. Bad move. Bad move. Dudikov then beats up all the rest of the guys that are near him, which inspires the other soldiers to well, kind of, like, fight back. Well, I love that all these uh, soldiers are surrounded by guys pointing guns at them, and then American Ninja just starts kicking people, and the rest of them are like, yeah, let's do it! Like, then, I don't understand why none of these... Uh, uh, rebels or resistance people or whatever the heck they are why they don't shoot them <laughs> like bullets uh, kicking does not stop bullets I don't understand why they didn't just shoot at them because there were several times where they run up to the guys holding the guns and they knock it out of their hands like the whole way leading up to him when you're when he's running at you open up open up that gun just let go man it's yeah, big guns, think, close range. Yeah. No, doesn't happen. It doesn't I, work. I guess not. It was, uh, it was very nice of those construction workers to allow the army uh, a fair chance and be able to fight. During all this scuffle, a ninja appears in the hills and he observes. One of the good guys gets a truck to drive off, and then another a bad guy gets in another truck to chase. But Dudikoff stows on board this one. He chases up, grabs onto it, and he's able to uh, work his way to get the, the driver to crash the car. Well, not he doesn't just get him to crash the car. He has like a chain yeah. with like a hook on the end of it, and he <laughs> Dudikoff is standing on top of the truck. He whips this chain through the window. It breaks. And it immediately hooks yes. onto the steering wheel and he yanks it so, you know, it makes a drastic sharp turn. I'm driving this bitch now. <laughs> I wish he would have said that. I wish he would say anything in this movie. It'd be awesome. He's, uh, then some ninjas start sliding down from the trees and attack soldiers. So it's like, are the ninjas with these thugs? No? <laughs> Yeah, it, it is it is weird that like in the Philippines, like, and now here's a bunch of ninjas. Like what? Like I know your movie's called American Ninja, but I didn't expect this this soon. <laughs> well the, uh one of the goons grabs the daughter, but Dudikoff takes him down and stops ninja arrows from getting to him and the uh, the uh, daughter, whose name's Patricia, but we haven't learned that yet. Well he doesn't just stop the arrows, you remember. Well, dude, he, he, he catches what he like snaps it, like taunting 
Well, he um, the guy. Well, he he does that. Plus, he takes like the end of a shovel. That's this part, right? That's not later where he takes the end of a shovel and he's blocking all the arrows with the end of the and that like you yes. know like not, not, not the part that you dig with the handle right yeah of the shovel he's blocking the arrows with it <laughs> he has that, that kind of pinpoint accuracy well when he like got the one arrow and he snapped it like in the direction of the guy like take that did it, i got reminded of like that scene in top secret do you remember where he's like trying to like they're like, I think they're trying to grill like some guy, some soldier for information, and they're mm-hmm. like busting toothpicks in his face. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're like, no, like, no. I was it's like, too much. I was immediately drawn back to that. <laughs> Joe, who we'll find out in a little bit, that's his name, which is Michael Dudikoff, and Patricia escape. The American ninja. They escape to the woods, and the ninjas then hold the soldiers hostage. They want to know. Who he is? Who is he? Because he possesses great skills. Yeah. And so the ninjas hunt for Joe and the Patricia in the woods. Joe and Patricia are able to avoid them for a bit, and he he's you know crafty Joe because he rips the heels off of Patricia's shoes and then tears her dress and makes shorts out of it. If this if this little scene would have just happened in Jurassic World, people would have shut up. They'd have nothing to complain about. Right. It's immediately what I thought of. Like, really, this huge blockbuster movie didn't think just to snap her heels off so she could haul ass away from dinosaurs? Oh, whatever. Of course, I mean, I guess ninjas are faster than dinosaurs. I don't know. It doesn't matter. I never had an issue with that. I, I didn't care. either. I didn't care. I'm like... It, it didn't matter. Yeah. Like, like that's your biggest complaint about I this movie? Going, I was going to see a, a movie... About like recreate dinosaurs in a park attacking people and just trying to have fun. And if laughing at a woman running around in high heels is part of the fun, that's part of the fun. Plus Jimmy Buffett's in it. So. My favorite character. That's right. What well, another thing when they're they're running through the jungle here? Did did you hear uh, Patricia's line? Did you hear that? No, I did not hear that. Yeah, yeah. It's it's right before he snaps off the heels. He's tossing her around like through the jungle because they're trying to get away from freaking ninjas. And she she uh, graces that that line like, okay. And we're we're ten minutes into the movie, and racism has entered the movie. Fantastic. Yes. Thank you, movie. She she is very a uh, willy like and very side babe hold hands while they run from explosions girl from action movie like it's it's down to the bare bones for her character like that's what she is i mean it's not judy aronson's fault but i mean that's what it there's no getting away from it that is the stereotype right there like yeah that's all it is you know the, the rich girl that's not used to the rugged guy knows fighting techniques and action stuff yeah but she's not even in the movie to um make you give a crap about her like right. she's in there but it's not enough that, uh, yeah. yeah 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 well they the ninjas find him but they jump in the water to escape so then they get naked to dry off and this is when he <laughs> he tells her his name's joe and, and and this is also where she stops being a bitch to him because she saw him with his shirt off i guess so she decided to be nice to him for the mm-hmm. rest of the movie. Back at the fort, Colonel is rounding up people for a rescue and scolding guys. 
And then there's a dude that tattles on Joe, saying he was running around acting like John Wayne. Yeah, which is funny because later in the yes, movie, the picture. Yes, there's yes. the uh, the colonel, the guy. D- doesn't he call him John Wayne? Okay, yeah, but, but, but yeah, but but later in the movie, the, the the colonel who is the father of Patricia, we see the inside of their house, and there's a framed picture of John Wayne hanging. No family on the wall. photos. <laughs> Nothing like that. John Wayne. Just big just ass painting. Yeah. Well, he calls over uh, Curtis Jackson, played by Steve James, who reports ninjas. Yeah. I, I, I love that when he's telling him what happened, he says, Have you ever heard of ninjutsu, sir? What's that? The secret art of assassination. Yeah, of course I have. Well, according to witnesses' testimony and evidence, this massacre was the work of ninjas. Ninjas. Yes, sir. What? Why are you so defensive about yes. this? Steve James, who I I love. Steve James is like a fun guy to pop up in things. I think. He's, but him and him and Dudikoff actually became like a, a like a duo in the eighties mm-hmm. for like action movies. They do you know the, the couple American Ninjas. They did uh, Avenging Force. He might have done another one, but he was he was great. I actually think that his character here. I feel like. Do you feel like he was the inspiration for Jax in Mortal Kombat? <laughs> Little bit. Well, no, because I actually like Jackson in this movie. Yeah, <laughs> and no one likes Jax. No one likes Every, Jax, but I, I feel like no one puts up with Jax. The look and and stuff like I I've, I always felt Steve James was like the inspiration for Jax. He was also. Do you remember he was the uh, firefighter in Pee Wee's Playhouse too? Do you oh, okay. Uh, m- maybe that's where I <laughs> uh, know him from because he is. He looks familiar. I just could yeah. not place where I saw him before. He popped up in a lot of stuff in the '80s. He had a lot of action movies, just like yeah, different no, things. He, but he's he looks like he was built for the '80s. Yeah, and and uh, I think he was one of these guys that like had this stipulation where like he had to have his like shirt off in his movies at least at some point, which is funny because really well, he puts all that work it. into it. He he's got to show work, it yeah. off. But from what all I've heard about Steve James, he's he's not he's not around anymore. He passed away many many years ago. But like he's. Always, always people saying nothing but good things about him and what a fun person he was to work on movies with. Always brought his A game. So, And a lovely mustache. And a lovely mustache. So there's a French guy now meeting with ninjas who report the American Ninja. And there's buyers coming in for this and that. And the deal has to go blah, blah. And it uh, kill the American basic action movie shit. Right. Do we just, yeah. no need to get in depth on what's going on here. It's or, that whole, like our buyers and sellers moving illegal. They're doing illegal yeah. shit. That's all you know, like this. Yeah. This is the reason that we're the bad guys, whatever. Just don't like us. Guy, basically is what they're saying. Yeah. Guy dressed up, in a like Costa Rican suit with foreign accent, uh, yeah. buying and selling well, evil well, you said things. That, you said that he he's French, and I thought he was French too. But then we find out it's, it's Ortega is like his last name, but he sounds so French. He really sounds French. That's super weird. I I, I was like, you know what? That's that's a French accent. I'm just gonna say he's French. Uh, when, I, when I first saw him, I wrote down Frenchy is upset. Uh, that's what I wrote. Because that's what he seems like to me. Uh, So Joe and Patricia, they get off of a vegetable truck they stowed on, and he just drops her off at home. Yeah. Like, well, we're here. Uh, I felt like, oh, well, that's a short movie. Credits. Okay. (laughs) 
they say bye to one another, and and then the colonel when he gets back scolds Joe, and he says, "What were you What were you trying to prove out there?" And then a guy reads the record on Joe, and everything in there is like unknown. Apparently, he was found on an island six years ago, a total amnesia, and he's been in and out of foster homes, has more last names than I can count. And then the, the colonel, of all things, just orders to keep him away from Patricia, his daughter. It's like Jason Bourne joins the army, is what this is like. Yeah, yeah. Because he, uh, he has all these uh, amazing skills, and but he doesn't know his own history. Very true driver guy the chauffeur points out to joe and jackson uh or points out joe to jackson he's like that's the bastard i was telling you about joe goes to his barracks and these guys give him shit and then just they leave him alone there so he's laying down and he has some flashback of some guy real quick yeah yeah (laughs) he just lays in bed and just like image fades up of a child yeah and an older asian man I don't know, sitting in a field, and then it fades away. Like, okay, did a reel from another movie just kind of right cut yeah. into this movie? It, it looks incidental. Like, it's like, what? what? Um, it's not, but just the, the odd presentation of it gives that aspect. Mm-hmm. So uh, back at French Ortega's house, um, <laughs> these, these dudes, I guess the buyers are coming, and he's got, you know, of course, ladies. And he brags about his yeah, all three of them, yes, right, yes, all three of them. Not, he, not a not a deep bench for the women at Ortega's. Right. So he he brags about his house and shows the guys around, and then he's like, oh, and I have a ninja training facility in my backyard as well. Yeah, it's like every ninja movie, like you know, the bad guys like, oh, this is my army of ninjas, by the way. So yeah. uh, let's do some business dealings, right? Right. Yeah. His, he says it's his insurance on the merchandise being delivered. There's a, I call them the mustached leader ninja, because he's kind of like the the focused guy. Yeah. Although, just... I, I, think, I think at one point uh, they call him uh, the Black Star Ninja. Okay. Because he has the, the ninja, like a, like a tattoo of a throwing star, like under his eye. So instead of like teardrops, he just has the one ninja star. Oh. Well, he just to sh- display what they have. Just they just have a bunch of red ninjas get beat up by him. Yeah, it's just like look how awesome he is. That's what it is. It's like three minutes of him just beating the ever-loving crap out of all these other ninjas. Yeah, so they're they're down a couple ninjas there at the camp, mm. but um, but they do. But you know what they do have? A gardener. They do. They have a gardener. A very, very uh, intriguing gardener. That was, uh, he was a Japanese soldier that they found in the the forest and, or the jungle. And he just came out. He, he thought he was still fighting the war, but he wasn't. But where was he found? Like, was he found in the Philippines? Or was he found in Japan? I mean, where the crap is this guy from? I have no idea. I do know that the guy's make a deal for cash on delivery because there's apparently other buyers interested in this shit that and whatever they're selling i don't yeah we don't know what they're selling we don't it's yeah i mean we find out later but at this point we don't have any clue like 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 who's doing what and why we just know that ortega's a bad guy 
he has an army of ninjas and he has a gardener. Yeah. That's what we know about him. Yeah, and he's in cahoots with the, the mustache ninja guy, yeah. Yeah. So Jackson comes over to Joe while Joe's like working on his truck and harasses him. I hear you think you're something to be some kind of a tough guy. A karate boy. Hey, I'm talking to you, hero. Yeah, he thinks he's a real badass, Jackson. I think you should teach him a lesson there, Ace. Badass. Mm-hmm. You know, every place you go, there's always someone who thinks he's a badass, right? Then there are those few who are. <laughs> Are you some kind of a badass karate boy? Because from what I heard, you shouldn't act like one the other day. Jackson just wants to fight, but Joe just goes on the defensive when Jackson's going after him, and he just like flips him around. Yeah, it's it's, it's one of those fights where the antagonist makes himself look like a fool because the protagonist is just like whatever. I don't need to show off. Jackson gets a stick. And Joe then puts a bucket on his head and sits down and without seeing outmaneuvers Jackson and gets him to surrender. And then they uh, friend it up when Joe offers his hand. It's like all <laughs> over. And, you know, Jackson admits he's uh-huh. wrong and appreciates the sweet moves. What, what did you think about his uh, his hose style moves? Oh, gosh. So at one point during this yeah. fight, the guy, gra- Joe, the American ninja, grabs a garden hose. And he beats Jackson with it. And I don't mean like he whips him, you know, something that like, okay, that makes some kind of sense to use a hose. Like he just kind of like prances around and like ties it around his neck. But there's not a lot of martial arts in this scene for the American Ninja movie. Right. Well, Jackson uh, rolls on by and asks if he's still on the shit list. And they said, till they decide to court martial me. Uh, And Jackson's obsessed with Joe's moves. Yeah, he says Jackson says that he's been instructing, you know, martial arts, you know, for for years. Why didn't he use any martial arts? Right. In that fight, it it was just you know it just looked like a you know a, a ham and agar you know kind of fight. It was, it, no special moves on his part at all. Joe's just like, hey, I just know them, and he tells him three years ago he lost all his memory. And things come and go. And Jackson wants to use his skills for some shows. You know, make some money. And that is never brought up again. Yes. <laughs> uh, Joe spots Patricia. And Jackson gives him shit about having a crush on her. And then the the, the goofball driver comes. The guy that got his head shoved through a window yeah. earlier. Yeah. And uh, she asks him to or take her back home. And then the, the guy driver goes over to Jackson with a request to take a note to a girl. And Jackson says he has to report, can't do it. And Joe says he'll do it, but he's got to be fast because he's locked to the base. And uh, Yeah, he's um, not grounded. I don't know. He's confined yeah. the base. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and uh, he borrows Jackson's bike and then ramps it off the wall. And when that thing lands, boy, is that a dummy. Yeah, the, the, the tires go, I don't know, about six inches or more into the ground. And then it cuts, and then it's above the ground, and it moves, and it's just fine. Well, and then the body on it is like stiff, like straight oh, yeah. up and down mm-hmm. stiff, and like crushes itself into the handlebars. And there's no hands on the handlebars. <laughs> it's you think like the person, like if there was a person that would have broken some bones right. jumping over the wall. What I so love about it is, you know, they, you know, they ask uh, Joe, the American ninja. 
how are we going to get over that wall? And it's like, well, how can how can you not tell? There's a freaking ramp, right? Yeah, right up to the, like what? There's like maybe like like a like a foot or two gap between the ramp and the wall. Like that's pretty easy to jump. It's a pretty huge ramp right in the middle of this base. How are you not seeing that? It's amazing more people don't jump out of the base this way. He then gets to Patricia's and finds out the note was for him. And they go on a, uh, for a ride on the motorcycle and they go to dinner. And when they're at dinner, the Frenchman is meeting there with the sergeant. The sergeant who was in charge of the convoy at the beginning of the film. Sergeant uh, Osmonic. That's what I call him. Uh, they spot Joe and Joe spots them. And then Patricia notices that she goes, oh, that's... <laughs> That's Senior Ortega. He owns a big plantation on the other side of the island. Dad really likes him. And uh, Ortega then decides he wants Joe gone no matter what investigation's going on. And uh, Joe drops off Patricia, and she offers him to come inside, and they, uh, they uh, peck lips. <laughs> yeah, I, I thought there was going to be an awkward sex scene. I was pretty glad there wasn't. Just a nightcap kiss. Uh, in the barracks... The next morning, the ser- that uh, sergeant busts in, and he scolds the goofy driver and Joe and tells him to report to the motor pool. And Joe reports to- for some kind of duty. I don't know. And he's taking a, a truck to take a <laughs> truck right. to Warehouse 5. And he then stops when he's getting the warehouse stories and asks two shady-looking dudes where everyone <laughs> is. Like, it's like two guys that have not showered in a month. Hey, is this uh, Pier 5? Like, yeah, sure. Yeah, sitting by a motorcycle. And then he goes into the warehouse, and ninjas attack him shooting arrows and swords. <laughs> and, well, they have swords, and they shoot yeah, arrows at yeah, him. Yeah, you don't shoot swords at no. him. It would be an awesome movie if that happened. They have a sword cannon. It'd be awesome. Oh, he manages to take them down all in like like creative ways. It's kind of fun to watch. And the the shady dudes I mentioned end up locking up the warehouse. Yep, they're involved. <laughs> Who could have guessed? Joe escapes and he stops uh, one of the shady guys that's on a motorcycle, and the other's stealing the truck. And he gets in a motorcycle chase of the truck, but then winds up like the guy. He gets in front of the truck, and the guy crashes in the back of the bike, and he somehow flips around and gets the guy thinks he's yeah that doesn't make a whole lot of that doesn't make much sense because joe is on the bike and then the bumper of the car gets like like underneath or was it underneath or above like the back end of the bike yeah And, and somehow joe awkwardly attaches himself to the grill of this huge you know like a huge army truck but it doesn't look like I don't know. It, it's weird. It's like he just looks like he just stands up and just props himself up against the grill. It's really he works his way really to like under it uh, on the back of it or something. And it's it's weird. And he rides it all the way back to the Ortega plantation where Ortega checks out the truck and sees the goods and he's very happy. And he's like, the shipment will go out tomorrow. So when the coast is clear, Joe gets out from under the the truck and checks the merch to find it's like fucking just weapons like yeah like it looks like it's you know it's not just like look at all the guns it looked like it was some kind of super gun it looked or like something. a like a big like souped up sniper rifle and then later on they mentioned like they were stealing missiles i'm like that didn't look like a missile 
Yeah, it did. Or something that shot a missile. It looked like an experimental weapon, like... It, like when I looked at that thing, it felt like they should have had like uh, like oh the military is de- developing this new weapon. It's going to revolutionize warfare, and then uh, Ortega wants to steal that weapon. Like that's what it felt like it should have happened here. Instead, it's just here's a weapon. So Ortega is still the bad guy. Joe, of course, gets spotted, and he flees out through the roof. And a group of ninjas and Ortega chase after him. I, I love that he, uh, when the uh, Ortega and the bad guys, they all come in, and Joe is already in the rafters. <laughs> like, he was in the truck seconds ago, but once the door opens, he's in the rafters. He's good at getting the rafters fast, though. He, he, uh, it's not the first he, time we'll see that. No, he's able to use that ninja magic that we'll get to in a little bit. Yeah, when he goes, he gets to go to the forest, and then some guy in white stops him. And it tells him that... Who are you? You will know when the time is right. Our paths will meet again. What do you mean? Your karma and mine. They are connected. And that... <laughs> yeah, like, dude, that's not how karma works. And he's like... And then the guy literally disappears, and Joe heads to the woods with ninjas giving chase. If that guy cared about him so much, he wouldn't interrupt his running away from the ninjas to be yeah. like, yo, dude, later on... <laughs> I'm going to tell you who I am. We're friends. You don't know it. Well, bye. Well, wait, how do you disappear? Why can't I disappear? Well, once Joe gets back to the base, he's arrested for uh, being AWOL and stealing a truck that he didn't steal. And So he was set up by yeah. Sergeant Osmonic, is what you're saying. Mm-hmm. And Jackson goes to vouch for him, but has no luck with the sergeant or the colonel. And he goes to the colonel's house to talk to Patricia and the colonel, and the colonel's not having it, and he wants a court-martial. And then Ortega and the ninja talk of killing Joe, while uh, the guy in the white, the uh, gardener, listens in. And the ninja master then sneaks onto the premises at night, and he's stealthily killing guards to get to Joe. And the ninja gets to Joe's cell and stabs a stack of pillows in the bed. (laughs) The old, I'm not sleeping here, Big. But yeah. Joe is hiding in the toilet and escapes through the open cell door after a guard comes in and gets killed by the ninja. I like to think that Joe was just taking a dump. Yeah. Like, he, <laughs> like, he, like he didn't know like all this ninja stuff was going on. He's like, whoa, shit. <laughs> that would've been, oh, God, it would have been hilarious if the ninja like came over to the toilet and Joe jumped up and his pants were just down <laughs> and you have to fight him. Oh man. To fight him hanging brain. That would've been hilarious. He hops a fence out of the place as the ninja gives the chase and they fight atop a tank and like a bunch of trucks. Yeah, there's a lot of fighting. Like when I was watching this movie, I thought like uh you know, uh typically with a, with a script um like about a page a minute is about approximately, you know, the uh, the length of a script. Uh, action movies are, are less. And when I was watching this, there's just so much... This, the action scenes in this movie go on for a while. I, I thought, like, God, this mu- this script must have been, like, 45 pages. Because there's not that much... Di- like, our main right, character... Right, no, yeah, yeah, I get you, yeah. And there's so much action in it. So much long action in it. It's canon films. It's what they, they deliver the goods. It's what they, they try to do. The military police then show up, and they start shooting at them and breaking it all up. And then an alarm sounds waking up everybody at the base, and Joe 
he gets Jackson and tells him about the sergeant, the shady sergeant, and asks, asks him for the jeep and to meet him. And the deal is going down tomorrow, and Ortega needs stopped. So Jackson shows up, but he picked up Patricia on the way. And Patricia asks that they trust her and go with her to her father to tell him everything. Cause that's what needs to happen. I do like that they at least attempt to tell an authority figure what's happening instead of like, man, we got to do it on our own. Yeah. And then, you know, I'm glad they at least attempted, like, okay, that's what would actually happen in real life. You just wouldn't go into a compound and blow the hell out of everything. Right. Well, the colonel's conflicted, but he says he'll launch a full-scale investigation immediately, and he makes a call and then says, oh, the ball's in motion, and he says they just relax and wait for the investigation to be over. The sergeant shows up with some MPs, and the colonel's like, arrest Joe for murdering an officer because the ninja guy outside murdered people. Yeah, but it is that he murdered an officer. We see the guy that was murdered. He has a throwing star in his forehead. Do you think Joe would have a throwing star? The guy yeah. that was locked up in prison? Like, come on, kangaroo court. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Well, Joe Joe then jumps out the window and escapes in a Jeep. And Sergeant and MPs, they give chase. But the Sergeant ends up getting going off-road and crashing and his his truck explodes. It was awesome. Like, like he, he threw the ah! driver out because he sucked. It's like, oh, you're not doing it right. Get up there. And then, I don't know, like, he, like Joe just, like, knocks him off the road. And he <laughs> goes head first. Right, yes. Seat. And it just, and insult to injury just blows up. It's great. I know. Like, when I saw that tr- crash on that tree, like, that better blow up. And then, like, a, a third of a second later, kaboom. Like, okay, good. You're an action movie. You're doing it right. So then in the big reveal, Ortega goes to the colonel's home and says, you said the operation was foolproof. The ninja's hanging around outside, and this is when we see the John Wayne painting. Because like, so <laughs> yeah. there's like a shot of the colonel standing there. He's like, is that John Wayne? That's John Wayne. It's like over his shoulder. Like, that's really weird, movie. Hey there, ninja. <laughs> uh Ortega assures the colonel that the shipment's going smooth and it's planned. And then the ninja comes in the house and puts a sleeper hold on Patricia and pokes her with some needle. We assume that it's some kind of sedative. Yeah. Ortega threatens the colonel's daughter and the colonel slugs him, says they're they're taking back the shipment and not going to do the deal. And when Ortega gets to this car, the ninja's there with Patricia captive. And Joe watches the car leave from the roof of like the guard station. And he sneaks on the premises, taking out guys. And then the karma guy in the white stops him and tells him it's time to remember everything. <laughs> Pause. Yeah, yeah. Like, really? Like, aren't we, like, almost at the third act of this movie? And now it's like, okay, let's just stop the action. Here's your origin story. Because <laughs> that's what it is. It's just like, okay, how... Like, okay, no, he should be chasing him to, to try to get Patricia. No, 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 no. Come over here. We're going to have some tea, and I'm going to fill in your memories. What? Yeah. Well, yeah, and those memories are that, you know, he taught him karate when he was six, and so Joe has flashbacks to when he was six, and he's a kid climbing a tree with the karma guy hugging him, and Joe remembers everything. He says, karma says he found him, and and since it, or karma said, the karma guy says he found him when he was a baby, and he conditioned his body and senses, and there's more kid training flashbacks, and time has come for his final lesson, 
And he begins talking of some weapons, and Joe gets in his ninja outfit. What I love is it's time for your final lesson, and it's just like a table of murder. It's like nothing but swords yeah! and guns and throwing stars and size. Like, where the hell were you keeping all this, dude? It's pretty rad. Like, yeah. Yeah. <gasps> Uh, does that army of ninjas know that you have all these weapons just on the ground? This is gardening tools. Oh, well, yeah, sure. The size could be used to loosen up the dirt. Yeah, it's like a the uh, like a, 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 a dirt weasel or whatever those things were called. Garden yes. weasel. Uh, the next morning, the bad guys fly in on a helicopter, and the deal's going down, and then an arrow flies in on their deal. The American ninja is there. And arrows are, they break the arrows in his direction, and uh, Joe disappears, and they bring out Patricia. Well, it doesn't make sense as he, the uh, the mustache ninja that you've been, you know, as you call him, he catches the arrow, he breaks it, and then Joe just breaks his bow. Yeah, he's like, like oh, fuck, God damn it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If I can't use my bow, no one can. Yeah. Yeah, so they, they bring up Patricia, and Joe jumps out with his size, and the ninjas surround him, and he drops a smoke bomb. Or no, a smoke bomb comes in, and the karma guy shows up. Yes. And a like sword a, battle begins. Back to back. Yeah, they take down all the ninjas, and one disappears, and the master bad guy throws a knife and kills the karma guy. Yeah, yeah. It's like, like I'm here. That's eh, all right, never mind. But like they, they take out like 50 ninjas, and then it's just like, hey, he ate it. Nah, all right, well, get, let's keep moving, movie. But uh, the better partner guy, Jackson, shows up in a Jeep and just starts shooting up the place, him and like other soldiers and stuff, and a tank comes through. And Joe goes after the, the main bad ninja, and he's following <laughs> through the training course. Did I make this up, or does the ninja shoot fire at one point? Yeah, I think he does. Joe. Yeah. It's like, wait a minute. I think it's part of the Back training up. course stuff. I think he, it, that's how he I, gets the fire. I, I, it looked like it like came like from his hands. Street Fighter, man. That's it did. Yeah, like, he's been training with Dalzum is what it looks like. So during the shooting up, the the silly ass driver guys like. Hang on, Curtis. I'm taking this bitch up time. <laughs> Yeah, and he start like he drives it up the stairs, like through the compound. And Jackson, he's on the back of it with this enormous, like like a submachine gun mounted onto the truck. And he's just shooting at everything. Yeah, Joe begins a fight with the main bad ninja guy. They start their fight, and then Jackson he gets out and he's like fighting and just shooting dudes. Like he's having a badass time. He he fights like some like the super muscular guy that we haven't seen before in the movie and i think at uh at, at one time like he like he grabs the guy's balls and calls him numb nuts yeah like he squeezes his balls so hard like he gives in or, yes or something just punches him out the bad guys then back out on the deal so ortega shoots them and they head to the helicopter and takes he takes the helicopter taking the money the soldiers show up so he takes patricia on the helicopter and Ortega then shoots her dad, and Ortega tells the pilot to wait for the ninja, the, the main ninja guy, I think. Yes. And then... The ninja shoots a laser yes! at Joe! Like, what? what the hell? Like, why didn't you lead with that? That's so weird. What can we add to ninja lore in this movie? A laser. Like, apparently, like, they have the ability to 
suddenly appear and disappear, shoot fire, and have lasers. And like, and this isn't just like like a laser pointer. Like he shoots the laser and like some like he misses Joe and like some pots explode um, in the compound. Like what the what? Like right. there's like five minutes of this movie left, and now you're just pulling out ninja lasers. It's all he's got because they get in a sword fight in a pool. And then Joe that kills the guy finally stabs him. The, the fight is just fine, but it is a little anticlimactic considering there's, like I said, flames and lasers. And it's the the main ninja versus ninja fight in the movie. Yeah. Joe then takes his attention to the helicopter and he snags on and gets Patricia off the helicopter and they jump onto a roof as Jackson has a rocket launcher and shoots it and blows up the blows up the helicopter. It's so great, like, he's, he's standing there. It's like that weapon that we saw earlier in the movie, the, the thing that they were trying to, the bad guys were trying to buy. Yeah. Uh, from uh, Ortega and the and the, the colonel and the sergeant. And so he pulls that out, and he's standing there like, like, uh, come on, Joe, come on, get off of there, come on, Joe. And then he finally does, and I don't know, he says, like, you know, that's the ticket. I don't freaking know what he says, but he shoots it. And just goes, I'll have what she's having. <laughs> Kaboom! And it is an over-the-top comical explosion. Yeah. So Joe then tosses Patricia down to him and takes off his mask and stoically looks onward and credits roll. While the surviving uh, people look around and think, what happened? Like, Like, I don't think... I think this deal is off. Yeah, I think the future of my career lies somewhere outside of Ortega's plantation. This is not going to work for me. Someone's going to have to contact. Do you contact like the president and be like, yeah, so our colonel was corrupt. Uh, so was our sergeant. And our sergeant. So we're going to need somebody else sent down here to run this place. And we also stopped uh, weapons that were stolen from us from being uh, sold off to uh, some guys. Well, I bet uh, uh, Joe will probably be promoted. Um, oh, and we have well, a ninja d- working for us. Who knew? He was there the whole time. <laughs> he didn't even know he was a ninja. Him, so that's how good he is. Him, now he knows. He's even better. Him and Jackson hit it off really well. They might go on tour. You never know. That's right. If Jackson doesn't want to be in charge of the compound, because as far as we know, that's the next highest person of authority within the, that base. We don't meet anyone else really any higher, so I assume he's in charge. Right. I guess, yeah. A lot of questions left. That's the credits roll, and there's no post credit scene. Well, you know, uh, that's what American Ninja 2 is for, all the unanswered questions. Now comes the time in the podcast for us to rate the movie. Uh, as we are called Cinema Cavalcade, we keep the ratings themed like a cult. Our options are stay with your family. You're not a fan of American Ninja. Uh, you want to back out of the, the weapons deal. Converted sold you're you work at the fort you're you're cool you like it and a drink of the kool-aid you want to learn the arts of uh ninjutsu and uh kick some ass so cullen how do you rate american ninja well brandon um uh, american ninja one of the, the one of the things i like about it is how many times they say american ninja one of my favorite things in a movie <laughs> are the title drops, and there are a bunch in this movie. So I love that, but this movie is... There's some highlights in it, like when the helicopter blows up. That's freaking awesome. 
There's multiple nut punches in this movie using karate. That's also good. But then there's just other times where, like, like here's just a bunch, a horde of ninjas attacking. And I don't know if I just got lost in the action or what, but I just didn't care, like, at all. Like, this movie is, it's not good enough to be a good movie, and it's not bad enough to be a bad movie. It's just, it's fine. I found myself, I've, I, I never do this, but I, I started watching it, like, at one and a half speed just to get through the end. And that was, like, during, like, the third act of the movie. It was like, by that point, I just didn't care anymore. And I, I, I've never done that with a movie before. So I, I got to say that I'm going to stay with my family on American Ninja. Brandon, how do you rate American Ninja? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with a very lightly converted on American Ninja. I, it's certainly the, the things that you've described and like how you described it, like I don't, I don't disagree with one bit. For me, it's just kind of I'm into like trashy action movies and this is definitely fit in the bill. There's nothing like... There's nothing really special about it. I, I like Steve James a lot in the movie. He entertains me uh, good, and there's some. It's like a a Bud Light and Ruffles chips kind kind of thing with the movie. I I think honestly the the second one is much better because what this one lacks is having any sort of silliness to it. Like if there was if some things were done handled goofily or went uh, over the top. Like this one aims for trying to be a bit too straightforward and serious, but if if it went a little bit more for like went for it with like craziness and and stuff, and it's got ninjas and all that, and and comes up with some like just generic action fights with ninjas where it could have some cool stuff going on. But um, I kind of like Dudikoff, but I think the nin- American Ninja gets better with the second one because it's just it it handles more of just like gets right into it and is pretty pretty dumb and silly but this one is just a little too straightforward i think it's okay but yeah but i will be lightly lightly converted on it this is the kind of movie that if you're a fan of iron eagle or airwolf like like bland action then you'll probably like this movie but otherwise it's just like all right well let's go do something else now it's like that's how you feel after you've watched it you just don't you just don't care it's yeah it's 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 there and and maybe it was it, it probably just hasn't you know it hasn't aged well with it too if it's if you're gonna be a like a, a an action movie like this it should be I don't know, it should be over the top you yeah. know yeah the pure um, action pure action movie should just you know, go for the overtop, be crazy. The movie's kind of lacking some charisma to it. I mean, Steve James pours it on, but he's not the main character. Maybe he should have been. Yeah. <laughs> well, the movie starts out like one thing, and then you're so like, it looks like it's going to be hit, uh, Michael Dudikoff and Judy Aronson like escaping ninjas and trying to get somewhere, and it, yeah, ab- that, that... it ab- abandons that really fast for something that's maybe not as interesting. Yeah, it's like the first like 10, 15 minutes of the movie is that, and then the rest of it's like this weapons crap. I, it, I think it would have been a lot better if it was just them trying to survive. And his, and, his backstory and the, and the could have come out more naturally through that than the way they just like throw it on. Yeah, that would have been uh, that would have been a lot better. Yeah. Yeah, that way he could have, you know, th- they could have been camping one night 
and then just a horde of ninjas just, you know, show up and he's got to fight all of them. And I don't know, the person that trained him to be a ninja could have been the leader of this gang of other ninjas. Yeah, there's, they have stuff that in place to better. make a better yeah. movie. And then they could have had, meanwhile, like Steve James in a side story is discovering like corruption and stuff with the, the colonel who's, sure. who's involved, but now worried because his daughter is out there in the thick of it yeah maybe that would have worked and then i don't know they get back to the base like near the you know at the end of the second act and then uh jackson tells joe hey this is what's really going on and so that's when jackson's like you know f that i'm not gonna let this happen or, or uh, joe the american ninja's like you know i'm not letting him get away with it and then he'd yeah. take you know justice into his own hands or, or whatever that would be We've already written the better movie. Basically, if, if you're the rights holder to the American Ninja franchise and you're looking to reboot it, uh, contact Cullen and I. We've got some ideas. There's your outline. We'll make it the, the script at least as long as this one was. All 45 pages of it, and, and it will be better. As long as I get to put my one-liner uh, kill line of, I'll have what she's having. <laughs> what uh, Jackson should have said. Before he shot the bazooka, uh, the missile was, uh, anyone order extra crispy? And then bang, kaboom. That would have been perfect. I have him, have him blow it up. It falls to the ground and can go, the aristocrats. <laughs> and it credits. Be the best movie. On the next episode of Cult Cinema Cavalcade, we'll be boldly going where no podcast has gone, but, well, that's not exactly true. But, uh, in celebration of the 50th anniversary of Star Trek, and with the release of Star Trek Beyond, we'll be doing another one of our Versus episodes. This time, it will be pitting Star Trek, the motion picture, against Star Trek V, the final frontier. Uh, we'll get we'll get into all this uh, next time, uh, and joining us for that will be Randy Schaefer from Permanently Geek coming back to Cult Cinema Cavalcade. We couldn't get rid of him. He's been, he's just been sitting around waiting. Yeah. Or not, I don't know. He's in the he's, lo- he's in the cult cinema cavalcade. Stu- he's studios lobby. He like <laughs> like like R. Kelly and Ludacris in the OOS. Studios just <laughs> like need a verse. We'll, we'll throw him on there. That's right. And he's like Michael McDonald. If you want to go back even farther, yep. for you white people, he's like Michael McDonald. Michael McDonald. Uh, all three of us are, are I, I'd say pretty big Star Trek fans, so should be a very good conversation. And we all come at him with, I think, different ideas, too. So it's going to be... Friendships will be lost over this episode. The final episode of Cult Cinema Cavalcade. Uh, <laughs> the final Frontier episode. So that's it. Our episode has come to an end. Thanks for sticking with us. We look forward to next time. But first, stay tuned for the trailers for Star Trek The Motion Picture and Star Trek V The Final Frontier, which includes Scotty bonking his head. The trailers that actually trail. Travel forward with us, 300 years into the future, to confront the greatest mystery ever to threaten mankind. 
We are aboard a huge starship called the Enterprise. This is the return of Captain Kirk. An alien object of unbelievable destructive power is less than three days away from this planet. Mr. Spock. I offer my services as science officer. Dr. McCoy. Scotty. And joining them on their mission, Commander Will Decker and Navigator Ilea. I'm sorry. That you left Delta IV? Or that you didn't even say goodbye? This, then, is the epic journey of the Starship Enterprise, traveling to the outer limits of time and space to challenge a vast, living machine of destruction. The human adventure is just beginning. Star Trek, the motion picture. From a relaxing vacation on Earth. Greetings, Captain. I do not think you realize the gravity of your situation. <laughs> to the most perilous reaches of space. Only one crew dare travel where no man has ever gone before. We'll need all the power you can muster, mister. On a desolate planet, a renegade Vulcan seeks ultimate knowledge. To find it, we'll need a starship. And he will stop at nothing to get it. I dreamt that a madman had taken over the Enterprise. <laughs> you look like you've just seen a ghost. Perhaps I have, Captain. Our destination is the planet Shakari, Eden, at the center of the galaxy. The center of the galaxy can't be reached. If you ask me, and you haven't, I think this is a terrible idea. We're bound to bump into the Klingons. Remain on course. To Kirk, he's a fanatic to be fought. You know we'll never make it through the Great Barrier. I say that danger is an illusion. To the crew, he's a mystic to be followed. Cyborg has simply put us in touch with feelings that we've always been I have to get back to the transporter. To Spock, he's the past he must confront. Shoot him! You know I'm right. Spock, my only concern is getting the ship back. And you're either with me or you're not. Put him in the brig with Captain Kirk. I'm a prisoner on my own ship. What are you standing around for? Do you not know a jailbreak when you see one? Mr. Scott, you're amazing. There's nothing amazing about it. I know this ship like the back of my hand. Emergency channel open. A hostile force has taken control of our vessel. Put us on a direct course with the Great Barrier. Understood, Enterprise. We are dispatching a rescue ship immediately. Kirk! Bird of prey bearing 105, Mark 2. Let me do something. Mr. Sulu, full ahead. Transfer power to warp drive. Warp speed now. The greatest enterprise of all is adventure. Star Trek V, The Final Frontier.
Thank you for listening to Cult Cinema Cavalcade. You can find more of Cullen's work on the Creative Zombie Studios Network and on Twitter at my name is Cullen. You can find more of my work on whysoblue.com. My Twitter handle is at btpeters. Our producer is Brad Shoemaker. Podcast edited by Brandon. Theme song, Pink Baby, by Happy Elf, found on the freemusicarchive.org website. The movie in today's discussion is property of its respective studio and no infringement is intended. Please join us again in two weeks for our next episode of Cavalcade Cinema Cult! I'll have what she's having.